I reached out to a couple friends um, and started doing a Skype mastermind. And all it was was three of us talking once a week. I believe it was once a week. It might have been every other week. And uh, for 90 minutes, you know, and each person took 30 minutes and said, hey, this is what I'm up to. This is what I'm struggling with. Like most of the time it was about the business, but sometimes it was about emotional things. You know, it's like, man, I got to fire two people this week and somebody quit on me. And I mean, this is, I just feel terrible, you know, and, and you get people to follow your story. Welcome to the Two Cent Dad podcast, where we interview dads to discuss their journeys of intentional fatherhood while doing work they care about and living a life of purpose. I'm your host, Mike Sudik. Alrighty, this this morning we have Rob and Sherry Walling on the podcast, um, two people I'm really anxious to talk to because they're a husband and wife duo, um, also parents of young kids. Um, so Rob is a serial entrepreneur with his wife, Sherry. So they one of the podcasts that I really like that they do is Zen Founder, which talks about this very thing, same as the Two Cent Dad podcast, kind of how do you balance life and work and, and everything in between. But also serial entrepreneurs started um, Drip, Hit Tail, Probably a couple other things that I've forgotten that, that Rob can fill me in on. Um, but two great people that also run MicroConf, which is a, a really cool conference that is unique. I think one one very unique, one in a million type type thing that you don't find very often. So um, without further ado, uh, Rob, if you could give a little background on on yourself, you know, kind of, you know, where you get where you're at now and, and where you've been, just maybe a little, you know, one minute little intro. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for the kind words. Um, yeah, I mean, where I'm at now is I, uh, you know, I sold Drip. It was a, it is a software as a service app and email service provider essentially. Um, I sold that to Lead Pages um, in Minneapolis a couple years ago, 2016, and I worked there for almost two years after that. And then recently, I have semi-retired, and um, <clears throat> I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, you know, I'm still running MicroConf. And I have two podcasts, Startups for the Rest of Us and Zen Founder, uh, doing a little writing on the side and just trying to figure out what's next. So I don't, what's next for me may be like taking a year off. So far, I'm about five months into this sabbatical. And frankly, I'm not looking, I'm not anxious to like pile a bunch of stuff on my plate. So <laughs> we'll see where we go from there. But traditionally, I've been, as you said, serial entrepreneur. I've started several SaaS apps and software products, been blogging about it and podcasting about it for more than a decade. Yeah, I love how your version of like, taking off work also involves running like three conferences, having two podcasts, working on a book. Like it's like a full-time job for most people. Your, your version of retirement. Yeah, I love that just Sherry just, just took the words right out of my mouth. Cause I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've followed you. <laughs> You're doing quite a bit. You know? Yeah. That's so, how it goes though. You know? Yeah. So Sherry, give me a little bit of update on where you're at. I know you're the, I think the primary lead on, on Zen founder, you seem to be the one that's, that's motivating a lot of that and doing a lot of that content. So. Yeah. So I am a clinical psychologist by training and have uh, worked as a therapist and an academic. And a few years ago, it, it made sense for Rob and I to begin to collaborate a little bit, looking at the topics related to entrepreneurs and mental health and entrepreneurs and sort of wellness in general. So we talk a lot about um, sort of how to have a sane family, how to have a sane self, and also how to how to run a business in a way that uh, promotes kind of 
sanity and well-being for everybody. So in the last couple of years, I've transitioned away from my traditional psychology work and have focused on Zen Founder, which is a podcast. It's also a consulting company. Um, I spent last year working on a book that that Rob was also a contributor to. So we are are working hard to get the get the word out that you can rock your business, but also still like have a have a reasonable life and a reasonable sense of sanity and and mental well-being. Yeah, no, I think that's interesting. I, I love the work you guys are doing. Um, I'm curious, Sherry, like, what was the motivating push when to start Zen Founder? Um, you know, I mean, the reason I want to start this podcast is when I first became a dad, and I didn't see a lot of people talking about this balance. I mean, I think you guys were one of them that were, but just kind of curious, like, was it was it a tension point? I mean, you obviously were a clinical psychologist by by trade, you know, but to start the, to start that conversation, if you can talk to me about that. Yeah, there was actually a specific moment when I when I walked into our home office and I found Rob crying and I was like, what the like, what is yeah. happening to you? And um, this was in 2013. And, and Rob had just learned that Aaron Schwartz had committed suicide. And, you know, we didn't know Aaron, but I think Rob was really deeply impacted by that story because of all of the founders that we do know that are brilliant and quirky and sometimes a little bit lost in their own, um, emotional angst. Um, so that was kind of a moment for me where, where he and I began to talk about like, how can, what, what could we potentially do to help? So I gave a talk at microconf that spring and you know it was very well received it was sort of a surprise like we didn't know if it was going to fall flat and people would be like why is this lady here talking about mental health at a tech conference (laughs) um but it was really well received and i think it really struck a nerve with a lot of people and it it kind of led into the podcast and the consulting and it, it was sort of like we followed i followed each step as it was offered to me right as there seemed to be people who were listening and interested and needed the conversation about mental health um we we followed the lead. Yeah. Rob, if you could speak to like kind of that moment a little bit and where you've been since then. I mean, I know it's maybe a personal like moment, but I mean, it's, I think now that you've gone, I'm interested to hear maybe since that moment and then now where you're at and how you guys have like, as you've had that more and more of that conversation and maybe things that you've done and how you've kind of, um, maybe just bettered your, your mental health in that journey. Yeah, I think there's, you know, for me, it's always been um, these these dramatic ups and downs when I'm when I'm running a company, and the downs make everything else harder to absorb. And so it's like on a day or on a on a week when like I have to fire somebody or when there's just all this you know competitors are doing unsavory things and I'm really frustrated and anxious about it or depressed or whatever. And I'm tired because I'm burning the candle at both ends. And then I get news, you know, and my kids, I'm getting calls from a kid's school because he's flaming out. And it's like, boy, it feels like the kind of the world is just kind of a shit show right now, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then you get it, you get some news that somebody you know or that somebody you know or of or in respect, you know, committed suicide. Um, those are the moments that I, I think are the are the memorable things that Sherry's bringing up. There are also, I mean, there are just months and months of 2014 that are, were just, are just this lost, this lost year, you know, that I think of where I didn't, I didn't have much fun for about nine months that entire, you know, uh, most of that year was just completely uh, a train wreck. I think that there were, I think what I've done 
to help with that is um, Sherry and I have gotten much, much better about um, like <laughs> I, I've gotten better is what I should say about <laughs> communicating to Sherry. Hey, this is where I'm at and this is what I need. And before I was trying to handle it all myself, much like, uh, you know, the traditional founder, right? The traditional entrepreneur, or at least the way I've done it is like, no, I just have to, I have to sack it up and I have to do what it takes to make this work. Um, and I can't ask for anybody else's help. And I think that's been a shift in trying to communicate and even look out a month, two months, three months and say, Hey, this is what the next couple months are going to look like. They're going to be really busy for me. I just, I need to, you know, not have this responsibility, whatever. And so it was from 2013, 2014 was super stressful for me. And then it actually, the acquisition was very stressful. Um, the transition was still stressful, but less so. And I slowly calmed down over the next two years. And then the last five months is like how I want to live now forever, you know? And I don't know if I can run another company and still be not stressed. Like right now I, I'm at the lowest stress I've had in, in ages. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's where I want to keep it, and it's just a matter of it's a matter of a lot of things, right? It's a matter of having less responsibility, and it's a matter of a lot of communication. Yeah. So, would you say like if you were to do it again, it would be less stressful, or is it just kind of comes with the territory? You know what I mean? Because I think some of the things that you say about increasing communication, I know a lot of the founders I talk to, it's like you do feel like you have to put all the weight on your shoulders, and that is always comes back to bite you, especially with interaction with your spouse, you know, because yep. they're like, they want to be let in. And it's like, Hey, I didn't know you were dealing with this for the past like month or, or something. Um, right. so just kind of well, curious, go ahead. I, I always struggled with the balance of like, huh, most of my days are hard. And should I just come home every day and be like, boy, it sucks. It sucks. Mm -hmm. It sucks. And when you do that 365 days in a row, kind of gets old for the spouse. So you, you have to firewall some of it, mm -hmm. but I, I always struggle to find that balance of, how do I tell her some things so that she knows what's going on, but not everything? What, what do you, you know, what do you, what do you balance there? I mean, I think starting and running a company is hard, period. Mm -hmm. It's, it's hard. It's going to be hard. It's a stress of your intellectual capacity. It's a stress on your ability to focus, on your ability to prioritize, on your ability to plan ahead, to architect something. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what kind of company you're running. Like, it's going to be hard. It should be hard. Um, but I think one of the things that, that we want to talk a lot about is how do you prevent it from unraveling you and how do you build up enough resources within yourself to rise to the stressors? Because um, it's, it's not that it should be easy, but you want to have enough resources to meet the demands of the stresses that you face. And when there's a huge gap between how hard something is and how equipped you feel to meet that challenge, that's where that's where we enter like this sort of no man's land of angst and loneliness and failed communication. But when you have the skills to articulate what's going on, when you have the skills to sort of deal with the stress within yourself and in your relationships, then it's, you know, it's really possible to, to have a company and also be, be well and happy along the way. Yeah. So those resources, like, could you talk a little bit about that? Are those like people, is it skills, is that communication abilities, like, or habits, I guess you could say. Um, and then how do you develop those before the storm? You know what I mean? Like talk, <laughs> talk about that. Cause it's like, that's, I find myself, I get into that scenario. It's like, you're, I would maybe say I'm, I'm like a hypomanic, right? Like you're like highs, highs, and then lows are lows. But then if you start to go in the lows, you just get in this like downward spiral. 
And then when I have conversations with my wife, she's like, well, why don't you tell me all this stuff was on your mind? You know, we could have at least like unpacked it a little bit. So, you know, I don't know if you could talk to you. How, how do you build those habits earlier and what does that look like? Yeah. So I think some of those habits have to happen internally. Like it's your responsibility to take care of your body and your mind. And I think that's one of the the places I often start with founders is talking to them about like, how much are you sleeping? How much caffeine are you drinking? Are you moving your body? Are you exercising? Like, are you doing like, you know, the things that your mom told you when you were six that you need (laughs) to do to just like take care of the basic foundation of your self as a person. And those things obviously go very quickly. People start eating like crap, they stop sleeping and they stop moving. And so again, simply using those, hey, if you're going to optimize your performance as a human, you have to do some very basic self-care things. So that's kind of the starting point. I think like after that, adding on levels of how are you regularly communicating with your spouse, your significant other, both about the demands of your life and how you're partnering together as a team. So for example, Rob and I have like a Sunday night sort of jam sesh where we make sure we look at the calendar for the week. We talk about like who's going where, who, which kid needs what attention from us, who's picking up who on what day, but also like, hey, how are you doing? Do you need a night out? Do we need a date? Do you need a night with your friends? Do you need like four hours of quiet time where there's no child and no interruptions? Like just sort of that check-in of like, what's going on inside you and how can I support you getting that? Um, you know, also strategies for having a mastermind group, a community of people where you talk through the ups and downs of the business, but it doesn't have to fall on your significant other or a therapist where you talk through the ups and downs of your mood and your, your internal well-being, and it doesn't have to fall on your significant other. Yeah. So there, I mean, there's lots of like sort of skills and tactics that, that people can use to, to sort of minimize the fallout from the, the pressure and stress of starting a company. Yeah. The um, Rob, maybe you can talk to that mastermind group. Like that's that's something I think that not a lot of um, founders leverage. Um, maybe talk to how do you find that, or you know, what are some of the 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 tips around that? Yeah, yeah. I first stumbled. When did I stumble upon this? It was well, I knew that the masterminds were a big thing in kind of the internet marketing space, and and some of them are kind of shysty. Like they would be like thousand bucks a month to join my mastermind, and I remember thinking, you know what? what if I just found a couple really smart people who are kind of doing similar things to what I'm doing? Because the issue was, you know, I'm bootstrapping SaaS apps and back in 2011, 2012, like it was really not done very much. Like it was, I mean, they were around, but it wasn't nearly as popular as it is today. So I reached out to a couple friends um, and started doing a Skype mastermind. And all it was, was three of us talking once a week. I believe it was once a week. It might've been every other week. And uh, for 90 minutes, you know, and each person took 30 minutes and said, hey, this is what I'm up to. This is what I'm struggling with. Like most of the time it was about the business, but sometimes it was about emotional things. You know, it's like, man, I got to fire two people this week and somebody quit on me. And I mean, this is, I just feel terrible, you know, and and you get people to follow your story. And the, and the nice part of it is you then don't have to. You don't have to set up a call with someone and try to explain this years of backstory because they've been there and they've been w- with you through it. So they, they they share on the journey. And then I set up a second one uh, local to me, and it was with two kind of young founders that were earlier in, you know, earlier in their entrepreneurial journey. But we did that one in person. And that was fun because uh, we always did it at a happy hour. And so we would have a few beers and um, eventually devolve into not masterminding and just kind of, <laughs> you know, shooting the breeze. But um yeah, it's been really, really helpful for me. I've met all of my folks who have ever been in masterminds uh, at MicroConf. 
um, or in Founder Cafe, which is our online, you know, online kind of uh, uh, community for for startup founders. I would also recommend. So, so if you're in a, I mean, there are these Slack groups, you know, that that have other entrepreneurs in. Um, I would also recommend Mastermind Jam, MastermindJam.com, and it's it's uh, a microconf attendee who's been running it for several years, and and his mission really is to get people connected. And so you kind of enter what you what you're interested in, whether it's WordPress or SaaS or whatever you're working on. And then time zones and you know all this stuff, and he he has this algorithm that he's built to like match people up. So um, I I think that's a a good service, and it's something that even now you know I'm not running a startup anymore, but I still have a monthly just one monthly mastermind call with a remote group because I want to keep that connection that I can then ramp back up when you know when things get busy again. Right. And. As a spouse, I love the mastermind group because I'll like make a suggestion and it'll just sort of lie there. You know, it'll just sit there in that space like suggestions from your spouse do. And then like a week later, he'll talk to his mastermind group and he's like, well, Ruben suggested this or this is what this and this person thought. And I was like, that's the same thing I told you a week ago. But you know what? Sometimes you just can't hear it from your significant other. you got to like take it to the group. So I I feel a lot of... uh affirmation <laughs> because Rob has other people to talk to who usually tell him the same thing that I do, but it's not for me. No, that's when I'm glad my wife's not on this call. Cause she'd be like, that's happened to me. <laughs> it's a, I told you that, but it was like, you came back from a meeting with so-and-so and all of a sudden it was their great idea. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, well maybe let's switch gears a little bit to talk about parenting and, um, interested to hear maybe some things that you guys are doing with your kids around entrepreneurship or, you know, mental health or just anything um, that you guys want to talk about around like how you're raising your kids and maybe things that are outside of the norm. Sorry, that was too open-ended of a question. Yeah. <laughs> Rob and I are doing the awkward contact, like, or the eye contact of like, who's, who's going? So this right. is actually near and dear to my heart. This is the next book that I'm working on is about raising entrepreneurial kids and supporting kids in their entrepreneurial journey from the very beginning. And I think that's been maybe not totally on purpose, but a pretty core part of how we've parented our kids that we really want to parent children who are very capable of... Um, making things, of doing things for themselves, who are capable of listening to their own internal ideas and then putting them into action. Um, so often that looks like, um, you know, earning money for Legos and things like that. It's not like they're running big businesses, but I think raising children from an entrepreneurial perspective has a lot of value for right their ability to become entrepreneurs later, but also just their ability to be creative, active makers um, as they're growing up. So some of, for us, that looks like, um, really they have kind of an endless budget for like art supplies and things to make things. We have spaces in our home where they have, um, you know, they can make giant messes, not because they're being sloppy, but because they're working on something like, you know, a, a castle from a giant box or they're making a game and they need to spread out. 85 million pieces of small paper all across the floor. So really making a home life that's really accommodating to kids who are have ideas that they want to try to implement. Um, and then I think um, Rob has done a great job. Maybe you can talk about the both of our sons have written books that, that Rob has really helped them put together. And what ages are your kids just for context? Sorry, I didn't say that before. They're currently, uh, we have a 12-year-old and two 8-year-olds. Okay. And 
Yeah, I mean, one of the things early on, early on we weren't doing allowance at all. And kind of our philosophy, we do allowance now, but our philosophy then was like, you know, if you need to make money, um, you need to start a business, you know, or sell something or figure out a way to make money, whether it's helping around the house or whether it's, you know, writing a book or, or making something that's that's valuable to, enough to someone else that they're willing to pay you five or 10 bucks. And pretty quickly, they realized that, you know, pulling weeds for two or three bucks wasn't that fun. And they knew they were already, well, our 12 year old was then seven, I believe. And he was already working on a book and he was going to write a book about Minecraft. And it was just kind of a, a reference guide, you know, think of like a Wikipedia entry about Minecraft, explains what it is, explains how to survive the first day, kind of went through it. And he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it a guide to Minecraft. And I was like, you know what? If you want to sell this thing, why don't we call it a parent's guide to Minecraft? Because you're never going to sell it to other kids. Other kids don't have the money. Other kids already know all this stuff. But who has money and doesn't know this stuff? Like, I would buy a parent's guide to Minecraft. And so I encouraged him in that direction. And he, you know, of course, spent he's seven, so he barely knows how to type. So it took him two months to type <laughs> this out in a Google Doc, get all the images and everything. And then I edit, edited it and we did a print on demand. Um, and he wound up making, I think he sold it for 10 bucks a piece or something. And he wound up making like $300, maybe 350 bucks wow. over the course of several months. Um, he sold it to neighbors. He sold it to uh, people online. Of course, we posted on Facebook. We talked about it on the podcast. And we were able to use it as an example of like, you know, this is what one thing we're teaching our child. And of course, then he'd sell like three copies when we talk about it, which isn't, you know, for, for us writing a book, selling three copies isn't a big deal. But for him, that was $30 that he really had already done the work for, you know, so it was it was game changing. You could see the light come on. Um, and now his little brother just wrote his own book, his, his brother's eight. You know, so it's been like four or five years since that. And we did a similar a similar exercise. And the fact that it's a book is is not that important. It's the fact that they that they took the time, the months of work, you know, cause later on it'll take a months to write a book, but the book will be 200 pages. You know, when you're, when you're seven, you know, spending months to write a 24 page book, that's mostly pictures is what, is what it is, you know, but they shipped right. And shipping something is, is so much of the difficulty, uh, especially with, I think with, with kids and adults, it's hard to ship and everybody wants to start new things, but it's hard to finish. And that's what I was trying to do was take them to the finish line with some projects so that they could see what the rewards actually are. And for them, it's kind of game changing. And for me, entrepreneurship in my life has been life changing, right? I mean, I was, I was, you know, my first job out of school was making seven bucks an hour. I worked construction. I was a courier, you know, I mean, I did the jobs um, that you just, you just kind of learn. And on, it, it, I, I would have, sure i'd be some you know businessman project manager now my life would be fine but it would not be what it is had i not dove headlong into entrepreneurship no i think that's huge because there's so many lessons wrapped up in that um and teaching them i think hard work is probably the underlying one which i'd be interested to hear like are you going to force them to get like a manual labor job? Like <laughs> that's, I had a couple of manual labor jobs when I was like, I detasseled corn. I don't know if you know what that is. Um, <laughs> back in the day, like when I was like 12 or 13 and I'm always fascinated by that. Like, cause I, we also try to do some entrepreneurial things with our kids and it's like, what value is that in that physical labor to like appreciate the value of like selling a book? You know, I don't, I, mean, yeah. I don't have any answers on that, but I'm just kind of curious if you guys have thoughts on it. Yeah, I had crap jobs when I was younger. Um, and I think that taught me a lot about, huh, I don't want to be doing this. You know, I don't want to do this when I get older. I would love for our kids. I would love to force our kids to do crappy summer jobs just so they know what it's like. I don't think we have to force them. I think they'll like want to buy things. And if they want to buy yeah. things, they're going to have to get a job. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And then you got to have the conversation about affiliate marketing once you start plugging their book on the podcast. Like, hey, we get, we're making That's a commission right. here, guys. <laughs> I need a cut. Yeah, but we already did the investor thing because well, they didn't – neither did of them do had, an angel round. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, neither of them had money for the first print run. So I backed – we backed them and said, all right, we're going to pay for this 45 bucks or whatever for 10 or 15 – I guess it was 15 copies. And said, we'll put the money up, but, you know, we need – you know, not only our expenses paid back, but we need to make a little money on top of that. So pay us this back as you sell this many copies. And so they kind of, you know, understood how that worked. That's really cool. That's awesome. Well, great. Well, hey, I didn't, I didn't know if there's, you guys had anything else that you wanted to hit on, but um, that kind of wraps up, you know, what I, the, the questions I had. And I just want to say thank you for being on and um, definitely we'll link up the podcast and microconf and everything in the show notes. Um, but love the work you guys are doing. Um, I'm looking forward to that book that you're going to come out with Sherry. So that, that would be really cool. So do you have a title yet? Have you picked a title? Um, our, no, <laughs> yep, yeah, I, title. we're tossing around. Um, oh shoot. What is it? Raising makers, thinkers, doers, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or make makers. Yeah. We're, we're still sort of tossing around ideas, but raising entrepreneurial kids just doesn't sound, it doesn't really roll off the tongue. Ja- yeah. Little and hard to, hard to spell. No, yeah, I, I will never write another book with entrepreneur in the title, mostly because yeah. there's too many vowels and I can't spell it. <laughs> no, it's but interesting. Our, I was going to say, like our first book, the one that Rob and I collaborated on, does talk about a lot of these sort of those strategies that you asked about when you think about like, okay, how do you get started with your own sanity while you're, while you're um, running a business. And I think that's what we really try to do with the first book is sort of like, Hey, here's what's, here's what was helpful to us alongside. Here's what some of the, the research within the psychological community suggests is helpful when you're managing significant levels of stress. Um, That that book's called the entrepreneur's guide to keeping your shit together. Okay. Yeah. I'll link that up in the show notes. So, which was titled by our 12 year old, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) He came up with that title. I was like, that's a pretty good, I'm I'm both embarrassed. I blame blame Rob. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Which I think that's so important though, because you can only be a good parent if you're, if you're, you have your own stuff together. You know what I mean? It's like, so that's where it starts. So you can't even talk about parenting tactics if you're, if you're stressed out and, and, and all like running on the last thread. So yeah. Yeah. there. Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. It was nice to have both you guys on and, and have both the perspectives. So thank you. All right. Thank you. You can find out more about us and sign up to receive updates at twocentdad.com. If you liked what you heard or just want to say hi, you can shoot me an email at mike at twocentdad.com. Please leave a review on iTunes if you like the show. It helps us to get the word out to the most people possible. The show is made possible through the support of EC Group International building software teams since 1999.